0: Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Hey, this week we have another conversation between my good friend and ministry partner, Jana Magruder, and our really good friend out in the ministry world, Lauren Bush. Guys, when it comes to developing leaders, you need all the help you can get. And Lauren has some great tips today for helping us develop leaders. Listen in as Jana and Lauren talk about leadership development on this episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Now, here's Jana. Well, hello everybody. I am back here with my good friend, Lauren Bush. I told you guys she would be joining us again, and guess what, here she is. So welcome back, Lauren, so glad you're here. Thanks for having me, I'm excited to be back. Well, two weeks ago, you and I talked about Texas and full disclosure, I think people get tired of Jana talking about Texas. Do people <laughs> ever tell you, do, do you get eye rolls from people when you start talking about Texas?
1: Yes. They just go, Lauren, you don't live there anymore. Um, Or they would always say Texas wouldn't exist without Tennessee. And then they go through Tennessee history. And I'm like, I don't really recall all of that from Texas history, but that's fine. Whatever they need to feel confident about their state and my home, which is now Tennessee, it's fine. We just embrace (laughs) it and just move on.
0: Okay. We'll end it there. We'll just keep going. Um, So how are you, you know, you've had a rough month or so two months tell us what tell our dear listeners because they will care what has been going on with you so here is the story so
1: i fell and um tore a ligament but, you no, know, I wish that I could tell you that I was doing something really cool, like hiking in Colorado or bungee jumping <laughs> or doing something really fun. But the way that I fell was I was actually in the bathroom stall at church and I slipped and fell in the bathroom stall, hit the stall, <laughs> fell on the ground. It was a really <laughs> awkward, unfortunate event. Um, And so I ended up having to have um, lateral ligament reconstruction. So I am just living my best life in this splint with some kind of cast that's underneath it. I don't even know what they did. Um, But yeah, I'm non-weight bearing. So I'm just living my best life learning to um, ask for help. And um, (laughs) just uh, I'm hobbling around on my crutches. So it's... We're so sorry it's okay. You know, this is what I tell myself. I'm like, it could be worse. You know, I'm only in stitches for like a week and a half, two weeks. And, um, but I will recover. I just wish that, uh, I had a better story to tell than falling in the bathroom stall. (laughs) So guys be careful when you go to the bathroom, if the floor is slick, move a lot slower. Don't come in 90 miles an hour. Like I was coming in hot, you know, on a mission and, um, Yeah. I slipped and fell. So make sure that you have traction on the bottom of your shoes is what I've learned. Was this on a Sunday? Uh, no, this was on a Wednesday, um, in the middle of the day. Yep. Okay. So you didn't have kids there yet. Not yet. Thank the Lord. Because if I was yeah. over there, just like, you know, in the bathroom and then I had to call for help because I was like, help. I, it's like one of those old school, uh, what is uh, that senior adult uh, commercial? Help, I've fallen and I can't get oh, up yes. and I need that little necklace button that you press. <laughs> um Yeah. Like a fall alert. That, that's how I felt. I was like, I should be carrying one of these with me now.
0: So you couldn't even get up. That I is... had, to, I had to crawl. Oh my goodness. Lauren. Okay. <laughs> well, you, the good news is, Folks, she is on the other side of this. She's had her surgery. She is getting a boot very soon, I'm told. Yes. And you are on the other side, and we're so happy about that. Um, But thanks for sharing the story. It makes other people feel better about dumb stuff that they've done too, including me. So thank you, thank you for your vulnerability. <laughs> hey, I'm here to set you up to
1: win. You know, if anybody else can be reminded that they have a series of an unfortunate, awkward events in their life, I am glad to remind them that they are not alone.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well you're back, and we have a zillion things that we could talk about because uh, you are in. You're just rocking it in the Kidman space right now, and there's so much that I have learned from you just in the. Times that we've shared together, and I'm so glad that we can put you on the podcast and let lots of people learn from some of the things that are going great in your world. Um, and so, one of those topics is just the broad category that we all think of all the time because it's the one of the biggest parts of our jobs is the space of volunteers, yes. and so and everything that goes with it. So, recruiting training and retaining. Those are the three buckets that I like to put, put this in. Um, and so let's talk about those. Um, I would love for our listeners to glean some wisdom from things that are working for you and your team. So let's start with recruiting. Tell us some of the best strategies that uh, that work for you. Yes. Well, you've got
1: to always be recruiting. So I would say a large portion of my job is recruitment. And you're always on the lookout for um, people to be involved in kids ministry. And if you want your kids ministry to grow, you have to constantly recruit leaders. But you're not recruiting leaders just to fill a spot and just to have a warm body in a room. You're inviting leaders to be a part of a team, to be a part of encountering life change. And so when I see people all the time, I'm always like, hey, would you consider? being a part of our kids team? Would you pray about serving and getting a front row seat to life change? And so I want leaders to know that if they're going to step into this space, They're not just a warm body because I can go get anybody to be a warm body, pass a background check. I want someone that is going to be passionate about building relationships with kids. And I tell them all the time, you don't have to know all the answers. I am learning right alongside our kids. You will Mm -hmm. learn as well. And so I always tell them, like, hey, this is how you measure a win. Did you build a relationship with kids today? Did you share the gospel? And did you open God's word? Those are wins. We will train you on the rest. And training is ongoing. It's not a one time. I'm an expert. We are constantly learning. But you always invite them to be a part of a team to know, hey, you're not on an island by yourself. You're not going to be teaching Mm -hmm. alone, but you're going to have a team Mm -hmm. of people. And not only that, but we want you to build relationships with people that you're serving alongside. Um, but we want you to get a front row seat to watching lives change. And you have to remind them of the why of, hey, this is why we're doing this. Not because we're trying to meet a certain recruitment goal with numbers or we need so many adults in a room for safety, which those are important. But we want them to know that what you do today truly does impact a child's tomorrow and you play a crucial role in a child's spiritual journey. Because you are modeling for them how to be in biblical community. You are laying the foundation, how to open God's word, because we can't expect that kids are getting this at home because their parents may not know it. So this small group leader or Sunday school teacher might be the only person that's really showing them what to do. And so you are laying a foundation and what you do matters. And so that's kind of how I start off with recruitment. Um, You know, a lot of it is a face-to-face conversation. But I will call people um, and just ask them to pray about it. And um, we also allow them to come on in and do a test drive so they can model. They can see stuff modeled and stuff like that. And I mean, it's a lengthy process. Um, I could have anywhere from a four to five meetings with an initial volunteer because we want them to know what they're signing up for. But we also want them to know you're not signing up for live either. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to, to, to think about that of, if you are passionate about kids ministry and what God is doing and you share, hey, this is how we're seeing God move. And hey, these are some areas where we need work and where we really think that you um, can help us. And just- You've got to learn what this volunteer is passionate about. You've got to learn their giftings. And that's going to take time. That's where you have Mm -hmm. to sit across the table or do a phone call or meet with them before church starts or, you know, meet with them afterwards and learn, hey, what do you bring to the table and how can you help us accomplish our mission of introducing kids to Jesus and seeing them treasure Christ? Because everybody has a gift and a seat at the table. And so you're really just leveraging their giftings and allowing them to to use their gifts to serve the Lord. And so you're helping them discover how am I gifted and how can I contribute to the local church and God's kingdom rather than just take up a seat or a pew and consume. And so that's really, that's, that's kind of how I do it. It's, uh, it it looks different with each volunteer because each person Mm -hmm. is different. Um, And some people will say no, and that's okay. And a lot of people say no, but Mm -hmm. Just because they say no to kids ministry um, doesn't mean that they're going to say no to student ministry or to um, our homeless ministry or anything like that. Because as a church, we're all a team. And so, hey, if kids ministry is not the best fit, then I can call my student guy up and say, hey, look, this is an awesome person and you should Mm -hmm. really go after them. They would be Mm -hmm. great in kids ministry or be great in student ministry. And so it's all a team. And so we're all helping
0: each other. I love that. You and I were talking before uh, recording about just the power of the personal invitation and how gone are the days you said, gone are the days of people, you know, every now and then you'll get someone who runs on guilt and feels like, oh, the children's people need a new volunteer. I feel like I should be that person every now and then, but not Mm -hmm. very often. And so going, pursuing people and inviting them, and they had no idea, but you're calling out something that you see in them. And that's such a, a, a better response than, um than just, you know, hoping for the best that people are going to come to you.
1: Well, and Gina, it's crazy because I wouldn't be in ministry if somebody didn't invite me. So I was a 17 yeah. year old girl and I was just faithful. I was the kid that showed up to church because my social life was there. And I, I genuinely loved the local church. And mm-hmm. so through the power of an invite, I've realized, oh my gosh, okay, like, you know, I was the shy little kid. Um, and then I really just blossomed because one, somebody invited me, they saw mm-hmm. something in me that I didn't see in myself. And then they mm-hmm. helped develop that gifting. And then I realized, oh my gosh, okay, like I'm actually kind of decent at this and it's fun and exciting. And I actually get to use my gifts and abilities the way that God wired me. And so there's power in an invite and you're not Mm -hmm. inviting someone to accomplish a task. You're inviting someone to get to see God on the move and to Mm -hmm. get to see kids treasure Jesus. When a kid is passionate about the gospel or when a kid, when the light bulb comes on and you get to see it. That's motivating for you of going, oh, my gosh, if this child is so excited about the Bible story that we told, why am I not excited? Why can't I have a childlike faith? And so Mm, um, I always tell people you learn more as a teacher and as a small group leader um, than you would doing other things, because not only are you learning alongside kids, But you're getting to see the lens of the Bible through the eyes of a child. And that is just that that's worth every everything in the world. Like that's worth every penny because you get to see kids really just in awe
0: of who Jesus is. Absolutely. Okay, and so that's recruiting. Let's move to training. You've got some specific things. You called it four elements of training uh, a volunteer. So talk to us about those four things.
1: Yes. So the first one is something that they can learn at home. So that would be a training component. It's like an at-home piece. So that would be a YouTube video. That would be a handout, a blog. Um, It'd be like a book or anything like that, that they're learning at home, that they're doing on their own time. Um, And then the second one would be where it is a live training but they're learning alongside their peers. So that's where you would do a volunteer training like a breakfast or a lunch or a dinner or something like that. So you have at home that they're learning on their own time and then you have secondly something that they're learning with a large group with their peers um and it's a collaboration element. And so it's not just um something that they're learning by themselves, but you actually have people that are speaking in. And then if your expert, your senior saints that have been teaching in kids ministry for years, they're sharing all of their tips. And so it's a collaboration, but it is a formal training at the same time. And then the third element of training is where I would go into a classroom and I would actually teach that class to those kids. And those teachers are watching me Um, lead out on every element of the Bible story. Um, And so everything that like the competencies or the content that was happening in the trainings, I would actually flesh that out in a classroom. So, they would get to see it with kids for the kid that is distracted. Um, they would get to see how do I respond to a meltdown? How do I respond when kids are super wiggly and they can't stay focused? So that is an actual live training where I go in and I model it for them. And our teachers love that. They're so excited because they're like, oh, my gosh, this is real life, you know. Um, and then the fourth one is a coaching opportunity where I actually go into their classroom And they, um, execute the, the lesson plan and then I'm providing feedback for them. So I would encourage volunteers to take certain elements or certain, um, parts of the lesson. So one person would lead the opening activity. The other person would lead the Bible story. The other person would lead the craft. And so, and then I'm just sitting there participating. Um, I'm there to cheer them on and champion them and then, I provide feedback at the end. So it's not like a formal evaluation. If you're a teacher, you're thinking, oh my gosh, is this where the boss comes in and (laughs) evaluates me? No, I'm there to champion them because one, Mm -hmm. I want them to feel empowered because we have a biblical mandate to equip the saints for ministry. And this is a hands-on opportunity to equip them and to tell the teachers, hey, this is what I noticed. And you're doing such a great job at this. And then if I want to provide some feedback, I usually do like, hey, here's a praise point and here's a teach point. And then I would kind of say, hey, have you considered doing this? And so I challenge them and ask them to consider, hey, what if you tried this? And so a lot of times we try a lot of things in our classroom because every age level is different and every kid is different. And you're going to have a new group of kiddos that come constantly because um, kids are not consistent. And so Um, Just really setting a culture of, hey, let's try this. If it doesn't work, that's fine. Um, But just being able to provide feedback to them and to show, hey, I am in here. I am coaching you. I'm supporting you because I want you to feel confident in your role. Um, And training is, and this is what I said earlier, training is not just a one-time deal. It's not an onboarding part of serving. It's ongoing. And so there are different elements that we want to execute um, in kids ministry. And so we'll have new training initiatives that we'll do um, each semester. So whether that is a gospel evangelism or teaching kids how to pray through the ACTS acronym or classroom management or setting expectations, whatever that may be, um, we will implement that. And then we'll actually go into classrooms and help teachers um, execute that in their context. Because if you've got kindergarten through fifth grade, which is what our children's ministry is, how I execute um, a skill or a competency with fifth graders is going to be drastically different than doing that with kindergarten.
0: That is amazing. And I think for most of us, uh, those first two elements uh, are what we think of when we think of volunteer training. We're going to send home a resource. We're going to w- give you a video to watch. And that is great. That That's a great onboarding uh, technique. And then we also think of the typical live training where I'm going to invite you to come to church and we're going to, you know, walk through what a day looks like in terms of teaching small group or large group or Wednesday night. Um, And then maybe even like have a guest speaker or the pastor comes. We think of those things and those are good things. You're not saying don't do those things. Mm-hmm. Start with those things. Yes. But I think I'm not the only one when I say that this whole modeling and coaching is is rare. I don't, I don't hear about that a lot, but I think that that is an excellent training technique. Um, because there are things that, you know, and, uh, for those of us in the kids ministry world, we know, because we've been working with kids for a while, we know how to interact with kids. We know how to ask good questions. We know how to, redirect behavior, classroom manage, all of those things that, you know, it takes to make for a healthy learning environment, let's say. Um, but people coming in fresh don't necessarily have that experience at all. And that is the piece that's most intimidating. And you yes. can't get that from watching a video or from sitting, you know, in a lecture type uh, uh, training. So, the modeling where we're watching someone who does have that experience interact with the kids, ask good questions, redirect behavior, all of the things, then that, that helps me know that when it's my turn, I can do what Miss Lauren did. Is, what, do you, what do your kids call you, Miss Lauren? Yes, they call me Miss Lauren. Miss Lauren? Okay. <laughs> um, and then beyond that, so modeling, listeners, I hope you're, you're hearing that. That modeling piece is huge. That would be such a service to uh, the people in your ministry is to watch you or watch some of your master teachers uh, at work and doing doing their thing um, and highlighting what's working. Hey, Janet. be on to that. Yeah,
1: can I can I chime in on something? You talked about your master teachers. Yes. Okay. Listeners, I, this just came to my mind because there are so many great teachers in our kids ministry that I just, I mean, I sit and take notes whenever they're teaching. Um, and so if there's a way, because if you're thinking, well, Lauren, I can't, I can't go to each classroom because I'm putting out fires left and right, because sometimes that's real life on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. But if you have this expert teacher that you know, that's been teaching for 20 years and it's just a wealth of wisdom have them model in different classes. So that helps you multiply yourself. Um, it might not happen right off the bat. You might have to raise them up. Um, but if also with the training, like you don't have to be the only one to lead a certain portion of a training um, but get one of your volunteers to actually model, Hey, this is how I do an opening activity or Hey, this is how I do a prayer time and allow your leaders to actually lead in a training or allow them to go into a classroom and model it. One that gives your leaders, um, empowerment and stake in the game, but also, um, you're, you're just raising the bar on leadership, but you're also creating a pipeline of leaders and then eventually those leaders that get to coach other leaders, they can become coaches. And you're not the only coach. You're allowing other people to step into that seat. So it's a process. It it might take time. um, And that's okay. Don't walk away feeling discouraged. Like I can't, I can't do this because I'm putting out fires on a Sunday. You've got people that are gifted. Um, Tap into their giftings Mm -hmm. and just empower them to lead because it's not a one man show. it's, It's all hands on
0: deck there. And more than likely, like I have someone in mind right now at, uh, at my church, which I'm actually doing a little bit of an interim right now. And so I've got a good view of, of, of who we've got and who's good at what. We have Miss Camille, who is a master preschool teacher, and she does something that she calls wiggle worship. And no one else in the whole church can do this. And so I, so she knows how to use puppets. She knows how to engage preschoolers with movement and, uh, you know, classroom manage without them even knowing it because she's doing little <laughs> redirect songs. And you know, that magical preschool teacher that you have in mind, that is her. And so I have asked her, you, you need to be multiplying yourself because this is, this is such a gift. And more than likely, I mean, she's got so much experience more than likely, you know, people aren't going to be able to mimic her. Exactly. It just takes just years of, of experience and giftedness. But what if she's calling out something in somebody who eventually does uh, walk in her footsteps and then you've got the pipeline that you're talking about and all the good things. But listeners, you have that person in mind. Um, Call call them out and and use them um, to help your other people. And then lastly, the coaching piece I think is huge. Um, Yes, maybe at first it could be a little intimidating to your folks to say, oh, Miss Lauren's going to come in and, and watch me. I'm so nervous. Uh, but it sounds like the way that you do it is very disarming and very easy and is very beneficial for uh for really probably more more times than correcting people, you're getting to encourage them and, and say, Wow, you're doing a really good job at at these things. So um I love that, and I think that's a strong, multi-layered, multifaceted training approach um, that we can all gain glean good ideas from. Okay. Lastly, let's talk about retention. So we've talked recruiting, we've talked training. How do you get your folks to stay with you, to hang in there year after year?
1: I would, that's a great question. Um, I would say the biggest way to keep a volunteer is to remind them of the why. And so, because there are going to be some Sundays where they don't want to wake up and they don't want to come to church, but, or they're going, man, they could have a really rough group of kids. But if you remind that volunteer of the why, hey, you were here because you were playing a vital role in a child's spiritual journey. And you are literally getting a front row seat. And what you do today impacts a child's tomorrow. And because of God's faithfulness um, to save souls, you get that front row seat. And so remind them of the why of, hey, we need you. This is not um, just a one-man show. This is a team effort. And so if you remind them, um, one, if you make them feel valued and seen, but remind them of, hey, you have giftings and abilities that we need and you have a seat at the table and you bring stuff to the table and we benefit from serving with you and serving alongside of you. And so I think people really want to meet needs. Like I think deep down, people really do want to help others. And so if they know that they're needed um, and what they do matters, they're going to stay. Um, I would say just some practical things because, you know, we've got two different hours of programming on a Sunday. And so the first hour is your traditional small group. And those are people that serve every single week. And we'll see that the nine o'clock hour, they, they stay every year. Um, very rarely do you have people that transition out unless, you know, they have a kid that's transitioning ministries, but they're bought in because they're serving every single week. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're also building relationships with kids. So I think you're going to get volunteers to stay if they are given an opportunity to build relationships. If they're in the trenches um, and they're coming in to be relational and not to just fill a spot or check off their list, hey, I served this week. If they've actually got stake in the game, then they're going to stay. And then if you I know like we also have people that serve once a month or twice a month. And full disclosure here, like those are the people that typically don't stay. They may they might serve a year um, because they're and they just might be at a place in their life where they can only commit so much. Um, but you'll like we just see the trends in our ministry area. Like my teams, my teammates and I, we just kind of notice they're not as bought in um, because they're not there week in and week out because they know that if. Um, like my nine o'clock leaders, they know that if they miss their kids are going to ask about them and their kids are going to send them a card in the mail. And they're going to be like, we missed you, Mr. Jeremy. We missed you, Mr. Chad. Like they know when their leaders are out. Um, and so obviously when I'm asking leaders to serve, um, I do shoot for it twice a month or every week. It really kind of depends on the hour, but letting them know that consistency is so crucial. Um, and when leaders are given the opportunity to build relationships and to um, operate in a framework of consistency and clarity, they tend to stay. Um, but we also allow them to come in and test drive because you've got some people that they're like, yeah, I think I want to try children's ministry or preschool ministry. And they start for a little bit and they realize, hey, this really isn't a fit. And we never want volunteers to think that they're locked in, that they signed up for a lifetime because nobody wants to have a volunteer feel guilted into serving or feel trapped because they're not, they're not going to enjoy it, but also like that you're just going to see, they're going to taper off and they're going to stop showing up. So if you create an open communication of, hey, if there's ever a time that you realize this is not the best fit for you, that is okay. Let me know and I will gladly help you find a place to serve that uses your gifts. And that goes back to our whole entire staff. We're all on the same team. If student ministry wins, then that's a win for kids ministry. If missions ministry wins, then that's a win for us because we are all one team, one unit trying to accomplish a goal here. And so retention, I will like it's, It's hard and it's messy because you want people to stay. But at the same time, you just, you never know what the Lord is going to do. And when someone says no, that just allows somebody else to step up and say yes. So I would tell people, don't get discouraged if people say no. Um, It's hard and it's frustrating because you feel like they're rejecting you because you've Mm -hmm. invested time and energy. And you're just like, Lord, I know, I know that we have so many classes and so many spots. Lord, would you bring people But it's not just about bringing people, but it's about bringing the right person um, and training them. And here's the best thing. This goes back to another tip on recruiting. People want to serve with their friends. And so if you Mm -hmm. empower your volunteers to say, hey, I need you to give me a list of names of people. Can you, everybody? Can you give me one name and um, pray about it? Who is this one name? And actually, have them help you recruit, so that way it's not just me making phone calls, scheduling coffees. But if they actually help, and then you cast it to where, hey, would they want to serve with you? Um, then you're also going to get retention because. If you're serving with one of your best friends or someone that you really enjoy, oh my gosh, not only am I serving, but I'm actually having fun. And I get to do this with my friend and that becomes your community. And so that helps with retention as well, is getting your volunteers to actually
0: help you recruit, to bring people that they want to serve alongside. Absolutely. That really does work. And we talked earlier about the chemistry of who is teaching together. That's also a retention thing. And maybe yeah. that's something that we can do on our end is kind of matchmake people that do have good chemistry because they want to come and teach, you know, with a friend. And maybe it's a new friend that is created because of serving. Um, but those are great things to remember. All of this is so good. And I know that our listeners are, number one, just being encouraged, listening to to your enthusiasm and your passion for volunteer development, but also getting some really good ideas. So thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for sharing. From your heart and for uh just things that have worked for you and your experience, um I know that we can all benefit from that so thank you, thank you Lauren and uh tell our listeners do you do you have social media? can they follow you? Yes, I am on Instagram and i'm
1: on facebook uh I think that my this is so sad i don't even know my Instagram name I think it's Lauren Bush. Um, I don't think there's a lot of Lauren Bushes in the world. So if you just look for me, you can find me. And I'm also Lauren Bush on Facebook. So yeah, um, follow me. I would love to follow people back. I love to follow people in the the ministry space because I'm always going, what are they doing? And how can I learn from each other? Because I have not arrived and I don't know everything. So I'm constantly wanting
0: to learn um, what other
1: people are doing. So yeah, give me a follow and
0: we'll be friends. Awesome. Great. We need each other. And that's why this podcast is so great because we can connect. We can connect people. So yes. Thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Hey guys, we have a brand new curriculum resource that Lifeway Kids has introduced. It's called Hi-Fi. And I want to invite you to check out some free sample sessions. Check it out at myhifi.com. M-Y-H-Y-F-I.com.